The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome back to Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. It's always a privilege to have Dave Zanotti from the Public Square and the American Policy Roundtable with us. Dave is an expert in the area of policy, American policy, public policy, things that affect us all. He's watched it for well over 40 years now, and they do a marvelous job of equipping their listeners on the public square to issues while staying kind of free from partisan politics. I think that's amazing in itself. It's, again, my privilege to welcome back my friend Dave Zanotti to the program. Welcome, Dave. Hi, Mike. I always love hearing your voice. Oh, thank you. Uh, And I can say the same because you guys, uh, all of you around the table, it's such an enjoyable time to listen to the members there around that uh, wonderful policy roundtable. They have so much to say. And Dave, we're living in a time when we need some of this kind of information because we won't get it from the American news media. They just won't share the same kind of bits of information that you guys do. Well, it's a tough world that we live in, Mike, because we've lost a lot of our original vision of personal responsibility and self-government. The thing about the people that are around the table at the public square is they've all been in the practical work of doing public policy for a lifetime, not talking about it, not getting paid by having good hair and makeup analysts, but by people who actually do the work. So when we talk about ballot issues, as we're going to be talking about today, We have more experience than almost any other organization in the country over the last 40 years in writing ballot issue language, writing constitutional language, uh, litigating language, advocating for language in the the legislative process, as well as litigating it in the courts, uh, the Hoyt of the United States Supreme Court. So we've been involved in all of these kinds of issues uh, on the ground with firsthand real-life experience, and we have the scars to show uh, for it. Um, most of what we've attempted to do hasn't worked. It's failed. We've learned more from our failures that have caused us to have to dig in deeper and understand better and learn more and work harder. So um, this is this is what we do. And then the other thing that you mentioned, I think it's important as we get into these conversations, is we are a genuinely nonpartisan organization. We do not believe in the current construct of the political parties. We, we believe that, first off, they're against the founding uh, and the vision for our country. But more significantly, we believe that these part political parties, while at one time in our history they were vitally necessary, today, by and large, are very corrupt, and they serve simply their own purposes to accumulate and hold on to power. And they'll do just about anything to do that. And this is why there is so much distrust in the process. Um, we've chosen to identify ourselves as Americans, as either Republicans, Democrats, or non-aligned or independents. That's a very foolish, factional point of view. Uh, it, It goes against the very nature of what it means to be an American, that all people are created equal by the Creator and endowed by that Creator with certain inalienable rights. And we are here to secure and to protect those rights to protect the very concept of civilization, to take care of each other, not to fight like four-year-olds in a sandbox. Wow, four-year-olds in a sandbox. That's kind of what I think a lot of people are thinking when they look at some of the stuff they see on television and on the videos that go out about our current administration. There's infighting, there's all sorts of bickering, and it does remind you of young people Uh, not getting their way and uh, kind of going home mad and all that. Man, it's just a crazy time. Dave, you've sent me a couple of, uh, I would say, resources that are are just amazing to look at and read. And one of them, I wanted to get into this one, if you will. It's the uh, recent newsletter that you put out, along with some markups 
from mm-hmm. some of the thoughts that you guys have had about the battleground that's going on in the abortion fight. Now, just for our listeners' sake, we remember that just a couple of weeks ago, we crossed over the kind of one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The side that is pro-abortion have been anything but silent and inactive since that time. And there's a big push going on. And according to your stuff that you've put out, Ohio, this is the site of one of your offices, obviously, and the site of the uh, the center that you have put up there. Ohio is now being considered ground zero in the battle to reinvent Roe 2.0. Explain that, if you will. Yes. Uh, well, you're right, Mike. We're a year past. And when this happened, we have to realize, let's go back 50 years. We've lived under the shadow of Roe versus Wade for 50 years, where the Supreme Court took the decision-making process away from the people of this country, away from their state lawmakers, their legislatures, their constitutional provisions, uh, even took it away from the Congress and the people's representatives and decided that they would create by fiat, that means by their simple decision, a right never discussed before in the constitutional debates, the constitutional conventions, uh, they created a right to abortion. And they did it through the Roe versus Wade decision. And then for 50 years, they tried desperately to hang on to the legal logic behind that action. And finally, it all fell apart. Uh, Now, people that have been in the know and have studied this from a legal perspective, have known for 50 years that it was a horrible decision, terrible law, uh, completely inappropriate. But the politics of the era held it together. And as long as political appointees to the federal courts could hold on to the illusion, then we could keep this issue out of the public debate because the people in the black robes had told us what the law is. In fact, they had gone much farther than the law. They'd created a right. Finally, enough people got on the court with common sense and constitutional concern, and they admitted what we've all known for 50 years. There is no such right in the Constitution, and you can't make up rights. And this is really where this debate begins. Where do rights come from? And Mike, we've been very poorly educated in this country for the last 100 years. We actually think that rights come from the courts or rights come from the Constitution. The people that wrote those documents would, would go to war over such a foolish notion. Right. Uh, rights come to us as according to the Declaration of Independence from the Creator. Human beings are born with natural rights given to them by nature's God, by the Creator. This is the premise of the American experience. It's the premise of the promise of America that our rights are not invented by individuals, but they come to us transcendently from the Creator. Now, I know that that's not a popular thought today for people who have bought into the idea that no one has the right to have an opinion that is higher than someone else's. I know this comes against the materialism of our era, even the secularism of our era. But we cannot deny the history of the words that are written on the documents that hang on the walls. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. This is the formula for American civilization. And when we begin to move outside that construct of reality, Mike, we're on our own. Right. We're making it up as we go along. And that's what the court did in Roe versus Wade. And this is what the radical left now wants to do using the issue of abortion. So let's start right from the beginning. As... as um, dominant an issue as abortion is right now in popular culture and media. This is about far more than abortion. Abortion is just the means, the issue, by which the progressive left is seeking its ultimate goal, which is to deconstruct the platform of the Declaration and the, and the role of constitutional law 
and to reinvent it as a power basis for the elite. Whoever has the power makes up and defines your rights. That's not America. That's not America. David isn't. And yet here we are. And now this thing that's happening, this response, if you will, from the left that is uh, putting things on the ballots, we're going to get to what's going on in Florida a little bit later because it's very similar and there's something happening, although the one that's now going on in Ohio, it's imminent. It's happening, I guess, the first election, what, is in August? It, yes, it's it's actually the first elections in November, Mike, and it, it's the gateway. It's the gateway to the 2024 strategy. So it begins in Ohio, and it's coming right to our doorstep in Florida. Right, November, not August. Correct. Thank right. you for correcting me on that. All right, so... But you know what, Mike? We say November, but who are we kidding anymore? We have to now talk about the fact all elections begin in October and end in November. So it's actually October. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the, it seems like uh, the 2024 election began like two years ago is what it feels. But yeah. it, it is going on. And this thing is, the, the stuff that's happened there has given you this this moniker that you've attached to it, ground zero. So all eyes in this fight are going to be looking to Ohio for this election that's upcoming. So what is it that you are seeing that is the likely outcome in Ohio with this push to make, uh, a, I guess, a codification? If I have just invented a word, forgive me, but if they're trying to codify this into law, how different is that going to be, Dave, than what Roe v. Wade was from the Supreme Court in 1973? Excellent question, Mike. And let's, let's again, make another careful note about um, our fellow citizens on the radical left. They will utilize any form of our civil government that they can to deconstruct our civil government. In other words, when it was convenient for them to hold abortion in the Supreme Court context at the United States level, they were all for the Supreme Court. Now that the Supreme Court has changed and has rejected that logic, they're all against the Supreme Court, and they've moved to the states. Now the right that the Supreme Court gave them for 50 years but couldn't hold on to, they're attempting to recreate in the state constitutions. Now here's the big secret to all of this. You can take all 50 state constitutions and you will not find the right to abortion in any of them. The first right in the American construct of constitutional law is the right to life. (laughs) It's not the right to death. That's the first thing. So they're going now to try to create this illusion that we can place a right in the state constitution to abortion. So this is what they're trying to do in Ohio in New York, in Florida, and other states. The battle in 2023 is in Ohio, and in Ohio they have put forward one of the most preposterous proposals we have ever seen. It's titled, uh, it, 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 here's basically, the, the, get this now, this is point A of Article One of their new right to abortion that they're placing in the Ohio Constitution in the section that's known as the Ohio Bill of Rights. Here's the exact language. Every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions. Wow. Okay. Have you ever heard of the right to reproductive decisions? Yeah. Well, in this day and age, that's that's being redefined in so many different directions. I mean, we're even seeing now to where the talk about men uh, you know, giving birth and all of the stuff that's going on with this, that's that fits right in line with what's going on today, right? How, how woke is this, Mike? Every individual, the word woman never appears in the text of this proposed constitutional amendment that's supposed to be about protecting the right to abortion. The word woman never appears. Every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions. Do you notice there's a plural there? It's an S. Now, here's the next catch. Listen to this. Including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, and abortion. Abortion is the buried lead. It's the fifth point. Yeah. The the other four need absolutely no constitutional protection whatsoever. They're all covered in statutory law. Wow. 
Now, another thing about that is the fact that every individual is, uh, you've marked in here, and I love the way you're, you have noted all of this, any age, including minors, would be yes. included in that every individual. Yes, there are no age uh, delineations in this whatsoever. So it, it's every individual. That means a four-year-old. That means a 14-year-old. It means a 40-year-old. Unbelievable. And this is, again, a manufactured right. Is that too strong t- to call it that? Oh, that's, a, that's a great term. Uh, that, that is, yeah, a fabricated right, a manufactured right. You're exactly correct on that. And it goes against the very concept of the American experience. The idea that we have the ability with paper and pen to simply create our rights. Because if a group of um, activists can create your right, then a group of activists can take it away. And that's the difference, isn't it, between the long-held understanding of our Constitution and uh, the state constitutions, the the difference understanding the fact that there were things that are held dear and were held dear for all of these years, 250-plus years, uh, are now being questioned, and not just questioned, really being abandoned. I think your point was great about the fact that the left loved the decisions of the Supreme Court until they didn't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and they're, they're just like an adolescent that wants to get its, uh, their own way. And they will continue to pull every possible string to be able to figure out how to beat the curfew. Uh, and, and, and this is exactly what the left is doing. Now, they're not just juvenile in their behavior. They're intentional because they've been telling us for a generation that their goal is the radical transformation of America. They don't like the American system. They don't like the fact that the American system in its very preface in its very origins acknowledges the fact that there is a God and we are not that God. Right. And that there is reality that we are born into that, but that we did not create, nor can we ultimately reconstruct. Now we can try, but the last time I checked, people still fall down when they try to fly. There's there are rules that we are not, we're not going to change gravity and we're not going to change entropy. Mike, the second law of thermodynamics is true. Those things that are hot get cold. Those things that stand up fall down. There's a reality in the world we are born into, and this is what their ultimate rebellion is against. They want, by their own will and their own screen time, to recreate the human experience. And they're doing it with these amazing amount of alphabet uh, characters that are being added to the title. It used to be just gay. You were gay. And now then you, you started hearing the LGB. Uh, and that would kind of uh, take in uh, a little bit uh, of a wider swap, swath of the population. And then it became LGBTQ. Then they add the pluses. And it's really hard to imagine or even try to bet on what's going to happen in the future. How many, I mean, this thing could, it could morph into a brand new title altogether, couldn't it? Well, it, it, where does it go once we have reached the point of saying, for the purposes of law, we can recreate our own identity in total violation of biology, uh, all forms of science and genetics, and all of human experience. Mike, we are at the end of civilization as we know it. Uh, there, th- th- we are at the end. Uh, to continue takes us off a cliff because you cannot live in two different realities. And this is basically what the radical left is about now. Well, let's hold that thought right there, Dave. I'm up against a break, and we're going to continue this talk. Right now, we've been talking about Ohio and the, the upcoming election in November in Ohio, but it has implications to us in Florida. We're going to get to those in a moment. My guest is Dave Zanotti. We'll be right back after this break. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. 
an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Dave Zanotti from the Public Square is my guest today, and we're talking about a number of things in this program that all are so pertinent, and they're timely because they talk about things that are going on not just right now, but more importantly, in some upcoming elections. And those elections are going to really weigh heavily in on our life. Whether we think about it, whether we realize it yet or not, they carry direct implications to every aspect of what we have known to be our life here in this country. And we're seeing that kind of change happen. And we were talking at the end, we kind of ran out of time. Dave, go ahead and jump back into this discussion about what's going on, first of all, in Ohio and how that uh, the, the left is working to re-engineer rights and put those things in as law. Yeah, Mike, it's, it's an unfortunate reality that the folks in the LGBTQIA question mark community are being used and they don't see it. Same thing is true with people that are concerned about the protection of women's rights. They're being used and they don't see it. These two issues are battering rams that are being used because they have an edge of popularity in culture and so they're being utilized by the people that are desiring to transform American culture from the Declaration and the Constitution into a purely man-centered world of power and popular opinion. There's a, a plan to deconstruct America, to move it off its founding and to move it into a relativistic, whoever has the power rules point of view. That's because there's a group of people in our world that are elitists that really do believe they have a better idea and they're tired of the old ways. They've been around since the 1900s. This is not a conspiracy. It's a strategy. They're operating in plain sight. Barack Obama told us plainly that his goal was the radical transformation of American culture and American society. Right. And, and, and this, is, this, this is the same thing with the, the uh, uh, critical race theory community. They are being used. Now, I think people in that community are waking up and realizing that they're being used. And, and they're recognizing that they may be being let off a cliff. Well, our whole culture is being let off a cliff, Mike, because you, you, you've, if you reinvent the system in its totality, you would best have a better system. Now, when we look at the actual words and the language of the debate going on in abortion, you realize this is not a better system for this simple reason. We look at the Florida Amendment, we look at the Ohio Amendment, and in every case and in every argument, when the pro-abortion community talks about reproductive freedom or reproductive rights or reproductive decisions, they're leaving someone out. They're forgetting someone. They are acting as if the contents of a human womb, the results of the process of procreation, doesn't exist. Mike, there's another person involved. There's another body involved. There's another human involved. There's another soul involved. There's another soul involved. And, and you cannot live in a world blindfolded. You cannot not hear the cry of the unborn. And this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to silence that reality to pretend that it doesn't even exist. And, and it's simply, I mean, if it, if it wasn't so deadly, it's almost laughable foolishness because we look so stupid compared to all the rest of human society. But this is a part of all overall of time. But this is a part of progressivism, Mike. It's a part of the underlying philosophical drive is that today we're smarter than people have ever been before. Therefore, we can reinvent every question and every solution because we're the smartest people that have ever been here. Now, that's what happens when you become addicted to drinking the Kool-Aid of the progressive view of evolution. Every day, we get smarter just because we survived and lived another day. Now, Mike, I'm where I come from, 
the word that wisdom comes from fear of the Lord, not from surviving as a species. Wisdom and understanding come from fearing God, from recognizing there is a God, we are not him, and he made this place, and he's smarter than us, and the first thing we should do is humble ourselves and ask him, how shall we then live? That humility is lacking in major ways in this culture. What we're seeing right now, no one is recognizing the fact that there is a life in that womb, and certainly no one is in the culture that are a part of this progressive left movement. They're, they're not worried about the, the fear of God at all, and they've convinced themselves. And, you know, it's kind of concerning when you think about reading the Scripture and you talk about conscience and how that it's possible to have one's conscience seared and burnt. And, and it appears, Dave, that that's what's happened, that a lot of people have lost the ability to really feel or sense the, the, the uh, problem that is happening in their own hearts, in their own lives, they've lost contact with their conscience, right? They have, and they've lost, therefore they've lost touch with reality. And in return, what they tell us is, well, look, you, you, you guys have the right to your opinion, but religion is just an option. It's a personal, private option. It has no relevance in the public debate. Well, again, we beg to differ based upon the Declaration and the Constitution and the Northwest Ordinance and the founding of all of the states of this union. Nowhere will you find a radically secular modernist confession because it's not modern, it's ancient. The idea that there is no God and power prevails is called right makes right. This is the world that the framers and founders came out of. They didn't want to repeat it. They wanted to a, a new experience in liberty under the harmony of God's revelation of truth. And you know what, Mike? For a whole long time, it worked better than any other system humans had ever seen in creating more liberty under law and protection for everyone. Now we've decided that only the cool kids prevail. And the cool kids have decided we don't want this God business anymore because we want to live life without consequences because, well, because we just want to. Yeah, I had an interview yesterday and the metaphor came up in my mind that uh, would fit this scenario that we're talking about right now. And that was the idea that if you're in your car and you see a warning light comes on, it's an engine light and your car is telling you with that light that there's a serious problem, you've run out of oil in your engine. It would be like taking a Band-Aid and just covering over that light and then <laughs> acting like everything is fine because you don't see the warning anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, and we all know what the result of that is. You lose the engine and, and, uh, and the car. Uh, and, and this is, again, this is why I think it's honestly fair to say from a philosophical, political, strategic perspective, we are at the end of civilization. We could go off the cliff because we're going backwards. We're not going forward. We're going backwards to the dark ages. Well, and you know, we look at all of the history that we've grown up with. We've been lulled to sleep. A great deal of the population has been lulled. You know, I remember, I, I don't know if you will recall the, this or not, but 12, I think it was either 2012 or 11, uh, a prominent secular radio host, I'm not going to even give him the credit by mentioning his name, went out in New York and his goal on his radio show was to prove how uninformed the, the uh, population was in that city, in New York City. And they brought up these ridiculous political questions about candidates that had run maybe four years or even eight years earlier that had nothing to do with what's going on and they were going out and asking questions. They were grouping vice presidential candidates with presidential candidates that were not even part of the political landscape right then at all and asking people what their thoughts were. And, you know, people were just going along with it, making up their answers They because they wanted to look cool. And that is kind of the state of our, our nation, I'm afraid, right now. We're just kind of like lulled to sleep, right? Well, and a big part of that, Mike, is because inside the church, inside the community of faith, we have really sadly been poorly educated 
And there is a, 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 how do I say this? An abandonment of a sense of responsibility among the pastoral community that we have any responsibility other than to see that people are secured in their pathway to heaven, but that the reality of the biblical revelation is not relevant to civil society. And if we get into that arena and we talk about it, we'll create controversy and drive people away from the salvation that's made true and available in Christ. This is the antithesis of the American founding. The American founding begins with the reality there is a creator and we all answer unto him. And if we conform to the revelation of truth and light that's been given to us, we will be more free and more happy people. This is from hard-earned experience. Uh, and and the church has lost its way. We've bought a false proposition. And therefore, the church is becoming wildly irrelevant. And that's why we're losing the younger generation because the church doesn't have an answer. They have skinny jeans, smoke machines, and droning music, but they don't have answers. Well, we've got one hope, and that is the Lord. And regardless of the the problems that we've kind of created for ourselves, God is still God, isn't he? And he's going to have something to say. And there are people who are listening to him, like I believe what you guys are doing, and helping raise this banner of warning that we all need to see. Before we go further into Florida, I want to stay with the Ohio document for one more question, if I may. And that is in your part B, you have down this uh, part of what's going to be on that that ballot, that uh, amendment, if you will. The Mm -hmm. state shall not directly or indirectly, and then there's a list of things that they are not to do. They're not to burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate either Number one, an individual's voluntary exercise of this right, which is, again, a manufactured right. Or number two, and this one is the point, a person or entity that assists an individual exercising this right, that opens the door, you say, to planned parenthood being written into the Constitution. It does. It it writes in Planned Parenthood and any other abortion advocacy group. In in essence, with this amendment in Ohio, because of the restrictions against any form of opposition to the abortion community, a person simply uh, putting a pro-life bumper sticker on their car and parking it in front of an abortion clinic could be arrested. You say, that's impossible. It just happened in England last year. Uh, they are, they're basically writing the protection of Planned Parenthood and the abortion providers into this Constitution. And anyone that attempts in any way, shape, or form to move against them is going to be guilty of violating a fundamental human right, which is the right to reproductive decisions and the right to facilitate those decisions. That's what's being written into this. As, this and Mike, this is not a statutory conversation. This is not the legislator debating it where you can have a continuing ongoing debate. This is the placement of a constitutional right. Planned Parenthood is literally writing themselves into state constitutions so you can't touch them. So if the state would say, we don't want any any state funding going to Planned Parenthood, that's illegal because you're discriminating against their right. Yeah, this has massive repercussions in just about every area of society. You mentioned earlier that abortion was just like what the tool is being used, and that is so right. When I, This all feels very familiar to the same kind of thing. Let's take the topic of hate speech for a moment, that the, you know, the laws, if they are kind of bending in and leaning in to the left, that could make it to be where if a pastor is preaching something, uh, let's say God's view from the Bible on homosexuality and the pastor uh, utters something like that, the laws could be such that even saying that could be then construed as breaking the this law, correct? When you use the Constitution to create a human right that has never existed before, and then you put in protection services that include entities uh, as well, you are on totally unchartered ground. It will be administered however a judge decides. And we know that those decisions can be 
far-reaching, and all we have to do to remember that one is go back to 1973 when Roe was put in in the first place. It was basically something that uh, was done from the bench, if you will, the Supreme Court justices, and it was then recognized as the law of the land until just one year ago when it was overturned. And now we have this push, and it's almost like we might have dodged the wave, but the tidal wave is on its way. That's what it feels like right now. Well said, Mike. That is precisely what we're dealing with. It's a tidal wave. It's starting in Ohio in 2023. It's coming to Florida, New York, and other states in 2024. Mm. Well, we're going to be talking about that in a moment. One final thing about uh, your thought on the Ohio legislature and this uh, upcoming November election in Ohio. And again, the reason we're talking about Ohio is because it is a a bit of an early warning shot, if you will, into what's going to be happening, like Dave just said, across the nation, and in particular here in Florida, which we're going to get to in our last segment. But the Ohio legislature, if this goes, will have no power to mitigate anything uh, against the abuse of this language. That's that's how you've stated it. Uh, Give us a thought on that. We've got two minutes left in this segment. Well, it's a constitutional proposal, Mike. It's a creation of of a right. The legislature in statute cannot mitigate against a human right that's placed in the Constitution that's protected. Now, and understand, it's not created by the Constitution, but here they're creating it. So you create a right, and basically you're saying, here's the untouchable ground. No one can touch this. So the legislature cannot, by statutory resolution in the vote of the people or in the vote of the legislature, alter this right. A court will throw it out. It'll take another constitutional amendment to revise this, which requires going to the people, gathering the signatures, and then going out and and uh, uh, passing it and then changing it. So it's it becomes extraordinarily burdensome. Now, Make no mistake about it. If this passes, the people of Ohio will not rest. They will have to immediately begin constitutional redress against this because just because Planned Parenthood is planning on spending $70 million, according to media reports, in the next several weeks to pass this in the state of Ohio, and only God knows how much money they plan to spend in Florida in 2024, doesn't mean that they can silence the cry of the unborn. That's right. And that is our hope. But I think it is important to realize the big difference between an amendment like this and just a law that the legislature would pass, because an amendment like this, you have to go through this whole process again of uh, doing all of these votes. I know in Florida, which we're going to talk about in a moment, that is going to be about 800,000 votes that have to be gathered. And they're well underway doing that right here in the Sunshine State. So we're going to be talking about this plus some other things in a moment with Dave Zanotti from the Public Square. He's the host of this uh, show that's heard right here on The Shepherd. Uh, A very important program, a very important voice for us all. And we'll be back with him in a moment. This is The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. On the line with me is Dave Zanotti from the Public Square. A very important discussion today for us all because in the state of Florida, we've got a, a group, if you haven't heard about this, You need to wake up. We all need to wake up. We need to see what's going on in our country because one year ago, Roe v. Wade was overturned by another Supreme Court uh, bench that determined that that original document that was put in place in 1973 was really bad law, should never have been there in the first place. So now we have a push going on by the radical left. They've upped the ante. It's almost in a poker game. That's what it would feel like. It would feel like they've uh, called for a a, a show. And and we're going to have to stand up, friends. And we're going to have to play in this game, whether we realize it or not. And that means waking up to this process. And Dave's done a great job, man. Thank you, first of all, for Ohio. And I know that that you have a real interest in what's going on in Ohio. 
thank you for what you guys have done on that. It, this is really great intel for everybody. Well, it's the beginning, Mike, of a national, not conspiracy strategy. It's out in plain sight. And you know we have a very deeply invested interest in the state of Florida. Of course, we care about every state in the union. We're privileged to work in a bunch of them. And the program is heard now coast to coast on over 200 stations and growing. And so we're very grateful for that. But but these, again, it was one thing when we had the, the wall of Roe, the 50 years of that wall. Now that wall's fallen, and now the battle is in the states. And so we are, uh, are, are trying to help every state become as vibrant in protecting the right to life as possible. So we're tracking the clear strategy. 2023 is Ohio. 2024 is New York and Florida. Now, you would expect New York to be a pro-abortion state because New York was a pro-abortion state before Roe. So you would expect that the, the political climate of New York, and I say this a great chagrin to the many wonderful people who listen to our program and, and who've talked with us, and we know in New York there's a lot of wonderful people in New York that are very, very frustrated. Yeah. Because the majority of votes to be cast in New York are going to be pro-abortion votes. That's at least where it stands right now. Now, with God, all things are possible. That's what Jesus said, and we're going to hold on to that. But I'm going to tell you, not without a fight. Just because it's possible doesn't mean it's going to miraculously happen unless we stand for the truth. Now, we have to stand for the truth in every state. So what we're trending, we're seeing as a trend, for example, in Ohio, when the abortion amendment was presented for signatures, they brought forth 700,000 signatures, and they did it with ease because they have an unlimited budget. They buy the signatures, Mike. They pay unbelievable amounts of money for these signatures. It is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Whatever the cost is, they'll pay it. In Ohio, in Florida, in 2024, they've got to come up with 800,000 signatures. Well, if you could get 700,000 in Ohio, getting 800,000 in Florida is a cakewalk, and they've already got 130,000. They will spend whatever amount of money and they will tell whatever lies have to be told to get people to sign a piece of paper to gain their issue access to the Constitution. I, I mean, look, in Ohio, the, the measure is a page long. You want to tell me that of the 700,000 signatures that were presented, anybody read the whole thing before they signed? Furthermore, you want to tell me that there's one person who signed the seven of the 700,000 that could explain in detail the ramifications of what will happen if what they just signed becomes law? I mean, that's preposterous, but they're prepared to do the same thing in Florida. Now, the language in Florida is much quieter. In this sense, it's shorter. Here's what the language is in Florida that's planned, that's coming to us next year. No law shall prohibit, penalize, delay, or restrict abortion before viability or, you have to understand something, when you see the word or, or nor, or may, or shall, in constitutional language, pay attention. That's the swinging gate right there. Okay, get it again. No law shall prohibit, penalize, delay, or restrict abortion before viability or when necessary to protect the patient's health as determined by the patient's health care provider. That's not a doctor. It's an abortionist. What abortionist is not going to agree with a woman who says, I just don't want this baby? And that, that, that because the word health is not defined. It doesn't matter what the definition of health is in statute, in Florida statute. This is a constitutional amendment. And if the word's not defined, it can mean anything you want to make it mean because it's your right to have it mean whatever you want it to make. And a judge has to take that right away from you. And to that point, Dave, when you think about, and a lot of people may say, well, there's no way if people realize what they're doing, that people are not going to sign for that, right? Because that is that is uh, against, well, it's against life. But of course. They, they don't stand there and do that. They say, 
are you for, would you sign something that says you're for the rights of women's health? And if that's all they need to say, just like that. Are you pro-woman? Sign this. Yeah. Are, 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 are you in favor of protecting women's rights? Sign this. Well, excuse me. A lot of the unborn children that are killed in the womb are girls. What about their rights? Now, I know, Mike, whenever anyone from the other side of this conversation hears us talk about the unborn, they rage at the radio. They fume as if, how dare we bring up that question? I understand. It's very troubling to them. They have no answer. They have no answer except the antiquated, false, fake science that that's just the blob of tissue. But we know better than that, Mike. And the reason we know better than that, they admit. We don't, what's, what's the question of restrict abortion before viability? What's the definition of viability? It's not there. It's not in the Constitution. It's not defined. This is what the court fought over for 50 years and realized they couldn't do it. It doesn't make any sense. Viability is... What's the definition of viability? If left unharassed in the womb, viability is an absolute certainty. What are we talking about? Now, that's important to understand. I can understand people who take surveys and, and, and where they say they do not want abortion banned completely. I understand that because why should a woman be made to carry to term by law a child that in the womb that is in the process of dying and cannot possibly be born. That's an understandable reality. You understand what I'm saying? There are extremely un, uh, st strange, unfortunate, tragic circumstances that we all understand. No one wants to ban abortion in totality. We understand that the protection of the life of the mother in the rarest of cases because of abnormality, uh, abnormalities in the person, not the, the fetus's problem. It's not the child in the womb's problem. It, it, that's not the problem. The pregnancy goes bad and it's a question of life and death. The right to protect one's own life as self-defense has always been understood as a part of our constitutional reality, a part of the rights that God has given us. Okay, that's the right to life. We understand that. So understand, we're not talking about an absolute ban. Of course not. No one is talking about an absolute ban. But these folks are talking about absolute in the other direction. That's right. So who's the extremist here? That is exactly right. I mean, it's like the uh, this game only plays one way, according yep, to yep. them. And then the other thing is that they're so successful at doing this because they've got the news media in their back pocket. And it's like an amplifier to a guitar tone. Uh, you know, you just... Excellent. There's the musician in you coming out. There it is. <laughs> you plug it in, you crank it up, and the sound is unbelievable. And that's exactly what's happened. The news media is amplifying this message, but completely excluding it on the other side. So you're not getting a viewpoint. This is one of the reasons I have such great appreciation for the work of the shepherd and all of the communication programs that come out from Mark and the shepherd and all that you all are doing. Because there's got to be a voice of reason, a voice that's willing to question the status quo, that's willing to consider the ancient paths and ask the question, which way works better? We lived 50 years under Roe, and we ended up with the deaths of over 60 million unborn children and the kind of abortion clinics from Philadelphia and the abortionist Kermit Gosnell, who is now in jail for murder because he was involved in it, because it was the abortionist who made the final decision. The abortionist can make the final decision on what is viable and what is not. If the abortionist decides that a child at eight months or nine months or in the process of live birth isn't viable, there's no means under this amendment to address that kind of criminality. There's not. Now, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? See, they're going someplace they've never gone before, and these deeper questions are not just hanging there. They're impossible to resolve. You have to have a better option than this. You cannot write law by making up rights 
And you cannot ignore the reality that what is in a human womb is human. It is a life. And they refuse to address the issue, Mike. And as long as they refuse to address the issue, there will be no peace on this subject as long as people of conscience can't sleep at night because of the cry of the unborn. Well, I pray that we gain what we talked about in segment one, a fear of God, that our country, and particularly for us here in Florida, because this fight, this battle is coming right to our face sooner than we think. It's going on right now, right under our our nose. And like you said, 130,000 have already been signed, already on their way to 800,000. And if Ohio was able to raise 700,000, your point is as big as Florida is, they're going to do it. They're buying it. And it's it's, uh, more than likely going to be something that has to be voted on. But we have to wake up and realize that uh, we, we have an option. That means that we've got to get busy the way they've gotten busy. And we've got to vote no when that time comes, if it does get on that ballot. And that is something that it's worth waking up for. We've got a lot to lose. Mike, if we can write an amendment that takes away the life of the unborn, who's next? That is a major point. And, you know, when I look back at our time, I'm looking at the clock right now, Dave, and I realize that our time is just about gone. We've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, it's like this time has just evaporated. Uh, and in, in some ways, we've got to realize that if we don't wake up, that is exactly what's going to happen to the, the time that we have left to make good policy, to make good decisions. We've got to wake up or that uh, those decisions will evaporate in front of us as well. This this is really, really an important point. Dave, This uh, give us just, if you will, the, the sketch, the thumbnails of all the important things that we need to know here in Florida about the timing of this ballot. It's going to be voted on when? Well, it's coming in 2024. If the signatures are gathered, it will go to the state, uh, the state Supreme Court. They will adjudicate on the language, and then it will be on the November ballot in 2024 with the goal of using it as a battering ram for the progressive left to win congressional seats, uh, state legislative seats, and ultimately to try to flip the state of Florida uh, for the presidential election. That's what's coming. Dave, give us the website for how people can gain more information about the Public Square and American Policy Roundtable. Come visit with us at thepublicsquare.com, and we're always happy to have you there. You can also visit on this issue at aproundtable.org. Uh, Dave Zanotti, host of The Public Square, heard here on The Shepherd Daily. Thanks for being with me today. Thanks, Mike. All right, friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. <music> 